Welcome into a brand new episode of Game Misconduct. Now, I'm a new voice here on this podcast. My name's Ashley Weiss, and I am the new rinkside reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights. And there have been some incredible women who have come on this show, but I have to say, I have the honor of welcoming in one of the best. She's actually the co-creator of this podcast and former ringside reporter for the VGK and my predecessor, Stormy Bonantoni. Stormy, I'm so pumped to be sitting here with you finally. Me too. How sweet are you? That was so nice. It's great to to be here with you and connect with the new one of the new voices of the Golden Knights. It's awesome. Now, I know there are still some fans out there saying, where's Stormy? And rightfully so. Some people maybe haven't seen some of your updates. So give me the rundown on what you're up to these days. Um, well, I am, I've am. i been an ESPN sideline reporter for college football and occasionally basketball over the last couple of years. But now I'm doing it every single Saturday for ESPN, SEC Network, and ABC, depending on where my assignments leave me. So that's uh, one fun development that I'm doing every Saturday and and I am also a host Monday through Friday on a sports betting network here in Vegas called VEASAN, where it's a primarily NFL-focused show, but we cover pretty much all sports. Like the MLB postseason is in full swing right now, and college football, NFL, hockey season obviously starting. So we touch on everything, but it's been a lot of fun so far. It's it's definitely different because in this role, you know, primarily a rinkside, sideline type of a job, now I'm full-time hosting Monday through Friday. And I also never sleep. So that's a new development for me also, never sleeping. But it's great. I'm really happy. And I I miss everybody with the Golden Knights so much. I love this team with all of my heart. Um, It was just something I felt like I needed to do. Um, And I could not be more excited for you. Like, welcome. How is Vegas treating you so far? It looks like you've been having a blast. It's been incredible. As you know, it's an incredible team here from the top down, not just the broadcasters, but the entire front office, the coaching staff, the players. It's a really incredible culture here. It's something that's really fun to be a part of. The fans are incredible. Mm -hmm. I knew about it. I had been to games at T-Mobile before, but it's really blown me away. Even at practices, the fans that camp out outside City National, I've had the chance to meet several of them. Whenever they know my name already, I'm like, oh my gosh. No, they're amazing. They're diehard. They're so sweet. And I'm sure they're just like, out of this world excited that they can be back at city national for practices because they hadn't been able to the last two years. So, I mean, just to be back here on a regular basis has got to be so cool for them. Yeah, exactly. Really excited to be part of that. Um, I have to say for most people growing up who want to be sideline reporters, rinkside reporters, really sports broadcasters at all, I would say it's safe to say that about 99% of them dream of covering ESPN college football. So I want to know what your reaction was to learning that you would be getting a full package of college football this season. It was kind of crazy. It was, um, you know, like you said, it's just, it's one of those kind of pie in the sky type of opportunities, right? That you never really think when you're going through college, when you want to be a sideline reporter or you want to be a host or whatever, that like ESPN actually comes calling. And so, um, it was definitely a really, really cool feeling, and I may or may not have jumped for joy, but then also had this very conflicted feeling of, I mean, I love this team. I, I love the Golden Knights with all of my heart. Like, this is my hometown. It's my hometown team. When Vegas got a professional franchise, I dropped everything and grabbed the first Vegas-born t-shirt I could find. Like, ever since that was the motto, it's it's just such an attachment that I felt to it. Um, so, yeah, I was very, like, 
a very high high and then a very low low like at the same moment it was weird but I'm so grateful like I love everybody at ESPN they've treated me fantastic my crew with Dave Fleming and Rod Gilmore um, has been awesome to work with um, and Dave by the way who is also the play-by-play voice of the San Francisco Giants so I thought Your I team. was busy yeah <laughs> I thought I was busy though with like the transition to this new role and working all the time he has to call baseball games every other day in the midst of a postseason run for a team that's had just like this historic year for them. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fun. I'm sure. Well, you know, you are always part of the family here. Aww. I have heard nothing but incredible things about you from the top down, which a lot of which I already knew because some people probably don't know that you and I spoke well before this was even an opportunity, which we can dig into a little bit more. But you talked about how much you're going to miss this team. What are you going to miss most about the Vegas Golden Knights? You know, I think just everyone here, it's the personalities and the relationships and the connections that I've developed with so many people like that's. I have already told all of them that they're not getting rid of me. I still live here in Vegas, so sorry. I'm still going to I'm going to bug you for tickets. I'm going to be that person. But I I have such a great connection with the broadcast team and I love Dave and Shane and Darren and Gary and Dan and everybody's treated me so great and the people that you don't see on air have meant so much to me. Like, you know, Sage Sammons from um, the way that that you went through your audition process and everything. And Katie Schmidt, like literally I could just name a thousand bajillion people in this building, including the players that have treated me so well and the coaching staff that when I um, decided that I was going to move on were kind enough to send me text messages. And it's things like that that you just realize that, you know, you you grow an attachment to this job and the people, but that they are genuine and that it's not just a job. Sometimes it's a part of your life and it is a family. And I'm so excited for you to get to know all of these people because they're just they're just wonderful and they're a wealth of knowledge and they're kind and it's so team oriented. And I'm sure you've already experienced it just in a couple of weeks, but you're, you're very lucky. It's a great group of people to be around and I'll miss them very much. How do you feel like your role with the Golden Knights, the ringside reporter role, but also you got to dip your toes in quite a bit of hosting and now your fourth full-time role mm-hmm. uh, is a hosting position as well. How do you feel like your time here set you up for the rest of your career? Oh, so much. And honestly, it's interesting because the hosting aspect of it, I only got to really start diving into because of the pandemic, which is such a weird thing to say. Um, I did. It was something I always had interest in, but I wasn't sure if the opportunities were going to be there initially. And then when the team went to the bubble um, and we were broadcasting right not too far away from where we are here in Studio 31, uh, we were broadcasting from the Mackenzie River Pizza Pub and Grill right over here. And I got to be at the desk and I got to do um, some segments with Gary Lawless for his Lawless and order and it was just a really really great growing experience that I don't think that I would have been as equipped to do what I do now uh, if I didn't get those opportunities and if I didn't get to learn all the things that I have from this amazing group of people Um, so yeah it's it's it definitely helped me no question you were also really open about the fact that you were so excited for Vegas to have a hockey team but football and basketball had been what you covered previously and so you were very open about coming in here and diving headfirst and learning everything you could about the game I'm curious what made you fall in love with hockey and what were your favorite parts of covering this game as opposed to maybe some others oh my gosh you're you're getting deep on me so much it's so interesting because this was a sport that for me um I watched in passing growing up like who doesn't love postseason hockey you love postseason everything right if you're a sports fan and 
for me, when I knew we were getting a team, I was like, okay, I got to I got to go balls to the wall. Okay. Like, I don't know if that's what a phrase I should say, but hey, like, that's like, you got to go all in on your team. Yeah. Got to go all in on your team. Uh, And so if there was a hockey team that I ever cared about, it was this one. And then my first game that I ever worked in the sport of hockey was at at T-Mobile arena. Like, that's just the most incredible experience on the planet, I feel like. And you grow a new respect for these athletes and what they're capable of on the ice. Like, I'm a giraffe on stilts out there on skates. Just about, like, I'm t- terrible. I'm so uncoordinated Same. on the Same. ice. It's bad. I can skate, but I can't stop. That's what I like to say. Yes. <laughs> I try to French fry and, and pizza to stop, and then it just never seems to work out for yeah. me. You the know boards. That's how I stop. Yeah, exactly. Full we're, speed into the boards. We're in this together the physicality that they play with you know and getting like seeing your first fight on the ice right against the boards is just unbelievable when a when a goal is scored with 0.3 seconds left on the clock and you get that exhilaration of the moment and then you and your job get to talk to this person who just accomplished this incredible feat and get their genuine reaction from it. It's like, it's just the best. I, I love hockey. I love the Golden Knights. It was such an incredible experience. Like, what about, what about you? What excites you most about getting here and being a part of this team? I think it's just this team. Like you said, um, the hype around this team from day one and the fact that it's not unwarranted hype. It is a team that's made it to at least the third round, three of the first four seasons, which is unheard of. Not to mention something uh, that I've talked to about the people in the front office is the reputation of the team, like the uh, misfit sassy I talk to Gordon all the time about (laughs) loving the social media Um, the in-game entertainment team is incredible it's the in-game entertainment here is the talk of the National Hockey League that's the bottom line Um, coming from another NHL team where I was a part of the production department it's how do you match the energy that Mm -hmm. they have in Vegas um, if maybe you can't copy and paste exactly what they do in your market, because it might be maybe a more conservative market than Vegas, but they're just, it's the talk of yeah. the league here in all aspects, on the ice, off the ice. Uh, what did, you know, the social media team tweet that has people laughing, uh, <laughs> the energy, the showgirls on the ice, like, or on the glass during warmups, yeah. like it's all... It's all incredible. You know, I'm glad you brought up your in-game experience, though, because I I was super curious about your role with the St. Louis Blues. I feel like you did just about everything. Like, you wore a ton of hats. I did. I was a producer, shooter, editor, host, reporter, kind of all wrapped up in one. Uh, As you know, it's pretty common for people um, when they're first on camera to have to shoot and edit their own stuff Mm -hmm. to shoot and edit newsy type features I was editing more stuff than I think probably the average person I was editing some of like the open videos that you see before a Mm -hmm. game the pump videos in game Uh, I was kind of entrenched in it and so I have a very soft spot I find myself dipping into the production office like how's it going you guys ready (laughs) for opening night because I will say I think that um, something that fans might not know is the week before opening night those people in the production office oh my gosh like they are here nonstop. they're putting their blood sweat and tears to give you the experience that is top notch that's the best in the National Hockey League so that's kind of how my role went um I think, though, that me and you sitting here, now that I've had seven preseason games under my belt, about two and a half to three weeks here, 
So I've started to get to know the other broadcasters and you obviously know the other broadcasters very well. So I thought it might be a good chance for you and I to chat about them and maybe okay. uh, give the fans some insight that they might not know about some of the other broadcasters as well. For example, will I ever be able to break into the bestie club that is Dave Gosher and Shane Knighty? Well, they are they are having a major bromance um, that is unbreakable, I will say. But you can be there. You can be their little, you know, friend, your little buddy on the road, especially since you guys are traveling again. Like that's that's the best thing, because that was something for me that was really tough last year. And I was super sad. I mean, not sad. Like I was so grateful for the experience, you know, because you did the same similar thing with St. Louis. um, But you were one of the people that was tested all the time and got to go on the road a good bit. And you miss being around all your people because you're in this uh, different situation. And so it was sad not to get to be a part, like have a drink on the road with Dave and Shane and get to have those continued bonds last year. But those two, man, they are just two peas in a pod. They will rag you endlessly, but you'll love it. Um, They (laughs) and they're just like the most kind hearted people, too. But yeah, nobody I'm sorry. Nobody can get in between them. Not even Gary, (laughs) not even Darren. It's those two or bust. You know what I mean? They're just you inseparable. It's great because you don't see that a lot between a play-by-play and an analyst. And fans might be surprised to hear that. It's not that there's disputes between the play-by-play and analysts usually, but those aren't usually the two that are choosing to be together 24-7. Uh, and fans might know all about them already, and I might be ignorant to that. But the first dinner I had with the broadcasters, Dave and Shane weren't there yet. And Darren Millard said, oh, just wait. They're going to come together. <laughs> uh, they're going to ride together. They're going to be matching. Yeah, he they're- told me uh, he, they were coming. Uh, they were trying to see someone on the strip for the life of me. I can't remember who it was. Um, but Darren was telling me that they use a splitter on the plane so that they can they do share headphones or sh- like watch the same Netflix show on the same iPad. I think what was the show they watched? It might it was like Breaking Brad or Prison Break, something like that. Um, my first year with the team, and they watched the entire like every season of it um, on these plane rides using their splitter, and they would you know sleep on the plane at the same time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're. Oh, they're the yeah. best. I teased them about it and I said, Shane, do you just wait? Like, do you go home and you want to watch an episode, but you can't because Dave's not there? And he right. said, oh, no, I rewatch. <laughs> well, I was they, like, wow, so kind of you. They drive to the games together, they do. too. It's, uh, it's impressive. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, so that was just kind of a joke. If I will ever be able uh, to get in with the two of them, it's a joke because they have been more than welcoming. Like you said, they're incredible. Something else you and I talked about that people probably know but might not is that we were talking about how Darren Millard is the kindest most nicest. welcoming human it's so like it's just like crazy how nice he is actually it's it, it is because somebody in his position could very easily easily have like the biggest head and most gigantic ego in the world because of all that he's accomplished all the people that are in his Rolodex of contacts um the people that just love him you could easily just be like I am the man but he's not he's like the coolest most down-to-earth easy to talk to most supportive willing to give you feedback tips all of those things um just wrapped up in this wonderful little Darren Millard bow yeah without a doubt and uh the last piece I'll mention is Gary Lawless knows everybody and everything yes oh yeah when you when he is called an insider he is I is there anything closer than inside? Is there any like... No, he... 
I mean, he's so smart, but he's so together. He's been doing this for such a long time, and he's so well-respected, too, that, like, he doesn't even have to text people asking for the inside scoop. He's getting the, hey, why don't you talk about this, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, he's got the inside track for sure. Gary's the man. Exactly. So, incredible crew. Uh, here with the AT&T Sportsnet and Vegas Golden Knights crew. I'm really excited to be a part of it. Huge honor to be following you up for sure. Uh, something we didn't talk about what you're doing now. You mentioned that you're hosting a show on VEASAN, My Guys in the Desert. Tell me about it a little bit. Well, the name of it, um, I don't know. I'm sure most people know who Brent Musburger is, but he is a broadcasting legend. Um, he's called Everything with Everyone he for me is one of those voices that like I have these memories of of college football that he's the voice of the call that rings in my head you know and so he's the original creator of the show that I'm on um and the it comes from the he, he used to say on air um occasionally like if a game was going to cover the spread or not that oh hey like my, my guys in the desert are paying close attention to this one is just kind of like a subtle nod to betters in vegas and so he created the show um i'm so fortunate that as i take over the hosting duties for it he still comes on every week he's actually going to be on this wednesday for the full hour so i'm super excited awesome. um but he comes on once a week and i just get to talk ball with the legend all the time and um, it's really, really fun. I, I hate that we're talking about me so much because we need to talk about you. Um, and what brought you into sports in general? Like, I'm super interested in like, what was the moment for you that you thought, Hey, I want to be a sports reporter. I don't just like sports for fun. I want to do this for a living. Yeah. So I always loved watching sports. I played just about every sport growing up, but was not super athletic at all. Uh, Picked up golf in high school, which I still love to play for fun. Don't play uh, near enough. Um, Did not play golf There's lots of golf here. Don't get me wrong. Did not play golf in college. Yes, there is. I have not tried any out, but I'm really excited. So hit me up. Maybe that's how you can get in with Dave and Shane. Golf. Golfing. There you go. I'll do that any day of (laughs) the week. Nailed it. Love it. Any day of the week. Uh, But... I always loved sports. I was always keeping up with sports. I was kind of um, the girl in the group of friends that was talking sports with the guys all the time. Didn't necessarily think anything of it. Um, Decided to major in journalism because I also enjoyed writing. Um, And I took my first sports broadcasting class like on a whim. I was like, oh, that would be awesome. And like never looked back. Like was in love with it from the very first time we did any on-camera stuff I was hooked I literally never looked back from that point forward it was who can I like meet uh who can I connect with who can I learn from how can I get better at this that was basically from that point forward Uh, I'm sure you know what that's like the first time you get that taste of it even if it's just in a college classroom and you're in a little bitty uh college studio and no one's even watching it there's something (laughs) about it that's just so fun uh from there I interned for two years at a local news station in Fayetteville Arkansas and their sports department so from that point forward, I was hooked. And then I got involved in hockey after college, actually. I got an internship with the St. Louis Blues. And that was my – I was like you. I did watch hockey growing up. The Stars – I'm from Dallas. The okay. Dallas Stars won the Stanley Cup uh, whenever so, I was about five. last year then, when it was Golden Knights Stars in the Western Conference Final, who are you rooting for? <gasps> I got dun, to dun, a dun. point – I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer I that. I didn't root <laughs> – you know, you know what it's like to work for a team – and it's hard to really root for anyone mm-hmm. else unless 
there are former members of that team playing. For example, I... Do it for people. Exactly. You start rooting for people. For example, like I um, I wanted Alex Petrangelo to do well last season. So, you know, he was in St. Louis. He was the captain of St. Louis the entire time that I was there. So he was someone that I was rooting for throughout the playoffs last season. I was also rooting for Pat Maroon. He's born and raised in St. Louis and was part of the Stanley Cup uh, winning team there as well. So that's kind of... All right. Trick fine. question. But, I, but well, yeah, I was going to say, well, that's, I think of, <laughs> I was still thinking of last, I meant like two years yeah, ago. Yeah, I know what you yeah, meant. I knew but, what you meant. But yes. Uh, so how has that been, by the way? Did he, has he helped your transition here to Vegas? It's, I'm sure that was nice to come in and have a familiar face around. He has. He was great. Um, I saw him the first day I got here, media day doing interviews, and he was great about it. Uh, he said, bring it in. How's it going? Like, uh, what can I help you with? Uh, he told Sage, like, tell her to reach out if she needs any, don't know anything about Vegas, whatever it might be. And then he also, something that was helpful was just kind of gave some of the other players a heads up that, like, I know who this girl is. And there were a couple people who walked in and already knew, oh, you, you came here from St. Louis, right? So that's super helpful because, as you know, just walking into a team and trying to build relationships with a bunch of strangers can be difficult, especially talking to media can be a chore for these guys, understandably yeah. so, because they have to do it every day. So to have a little extra positivity behind my name I guess makes well, a big difference and I'm sure because like it was a very similar situation for me when I first got hired here that your first day of work essentially like you move here and then it's media day where all of a sudden you have interviews with like 15 to 20 players exactly. back to back to back to back and you just have to be in the know right so it's a kind of an overwhelming experience to just jump right in that day so to already have that background is awesome it is it is I'd like to tell fans a little bit uh of the story of you and I already knowing each other yeah. a little bit and kind of just I guess the lesson that I feel like it gives in the industry in general um I think a lot of people tend to compare women in the industry and I think sometimes it's not quite understood how close-knit the women in the industry actually are and I remember uh, over the summer, wanted to reach out to Stormy. I said, I'm going to wait till their season ends because I don't want to, you know, I know how busy it is, um, but I want to know more about her role. I want to know more about if that's a role that I eventually could be in myself. I did not know it was going to be with <laughs> the exact team, uh, but I, I reached out uh, the following week after the conference finals ended, asked if you could talk, and I think I told you I would take up about 10 minutes, and then like 45 minutes <laughs> later... Yeah, we, we got going. We're still talking. Um, I would love to just hear uh, the experiences you have had with other women in the industry and kind of just the importance of, I don't know, the partnership between all of us. Yeah, I, I like the way that you put that, though, that there's people compare for sure. And people think it's hyper competitive and very catty and nobody likes everybody because everybody's trying to claw their way. No, just <laughs> it's really it's so it's so much better than that i think it's it's there's uh you know how back in the day they'd say there's it's a boy old boys club right well there's kind of a girls club too that we have that we know how different it is being in the industry and being a lot of times the only woman in the room and um knowing certain struggles that maybe other people don't necessarily have and to talk through a lot of those things. And I think that it, I've always tried to approach it with uh, anytime anybody wants to talk to me um, or wants advice for something 
male or female, whatever it is, like, yeah, I'm available. Like, I'll make myself available to give any advice I can. I don't have it all figured out, and I'll definitely let you know that, too, that I'm a work in progress and I'm figuring it out day by day, um, just having fun along the way. But I think that's super important, and it's honestly a big reason why this past year um, Alyssa Girardi and I started up the Game Misconduct podcast in general was to hear about so many women that – do work in the industry in whatever facet it is of sports and to hear from their perspective and the different things that they have done. And most of them said the same thing was that, yeah, like I, it's, it's all about supporting your peers. It's not about being out to get anybody or, you know, I think that a lot of times when you are another woman in the industry and you are comparing yourself to somebody else, you're not living enough in what you're doing and you're not being the best you can be at your job or around your people because you're so focused on what's next. And I I just don't like that thought process. I think we should all be in this together and that's what it should be. And I was so glad to connect with you because you were just so wonderful. And I had seen your work before, obviously, with St. Louis and getting to hear straight from you and see that you were such a like team oriented type of a person and you were nice and you know your stuff. And that's what I hope our fans I just even watching you on our first preseason game, I say are like I'm part of the team. You are um, part no. of the team. Do not <laughs> get it twisted. You are forever part of the team. Watching the first preseason game, I was just like, fans are gonna love her. And I knew that they would, but even just seeing you in action for the first time as the Golden Knights ringside reporter, I was so excited. I felt so vindicated that I was like, Yes, I want this girl to get it. Um, because you just you're so natural and talented, you ask the right questions. But on top of what you do on screen, you just seem like a genuine and really cool down to earth person like Darren. <laughs> so oh my gosh, comparing <laughs> me to Darren. I don't know about all of that, but I will say your support has meant the world uh, for people who are on social media. Stormy has been extremely supportive and oh. it has meant the world. Uh, you- well, I mean it. And like I even <laughs> I told you this, um, but when when I had moved on already and they started the process to look for the next person, I remember like I got beers with Dave and Shane one night just to be like, Oh, I'm going to miss you guys. And we were talking through like who might come out for the job and stuff. And I was like, there's this girl in St. Louis. I really like, (laughs) so it was just like the coolest thing ever. When you got the job, I was so excited. It's funny too, because I, reached out to you whenever you said you were leaving and just said, I don't know what's next, but like, congratulations. And I was not trying to go behind your back, but I was not going to ask you, how do I get in contact? (laughs) But I was like, Stormy, I'm so happy for you. And I so was, and I was also like, uh, on the other side, like trying to find (laughs) any way I could to contact this team. Yeah. Well, and I knew that you wanted to be a ringside reporter. That's what we talked about on the call was that you're like, you know, like I love my job. I love the people that I'm around. I've had incredible mentors, but you know, I think that next step for me is this and you know, it ended up being here, which is so cool. You mentioned being at a Stanley Cup final. Yes. Uh, obviously, they won that too, they which did. is like the coolest experience on the planet. It's like a once in a lifetime, if you're lucky to have that as a part of your lifetime. What was that experience like? It was unbelievable. Um, I was 24 at the time, and that was the first season. We talked about kind of my progression with the Blues, how I wore a lot of hats. That was the first season that I was on camera on a regular basis, hosting pregame and intermission shows on a regular basis, interviewing the players every game day, things like that. So it was also this feeling of like, this is happening. And at that point, that was like my, I was doing the role I wanted to be doing. So it wasn't just that I got to witness it, but I was witnessing it in a capacity where I was also like, 
living out what was a dream job at the time, you know, so that was huge. Um, the whole thing was a blur though. And I I remember, (laughs) I still remember, like, I do remember thinking at the time, like I'm 24 and I don't know if I will ever experience something this cool again. Um, because at the time they were worst in the league. That was, was that your first The following Following season season. was your first Mm -hmm. season. Um, but St. Louis was the worst team in the national hockey league on January 1st. They were in dead last. And so between January 1st and June 12th is the date that they won it. It was just like, what is happening? They they make the playoffs, and then uh, round two was a game seven double overtime win. Like, it was so close to being over at that point. Um, we talk about, you know, you asked about Petro. Part of the reason um, I was able to develop such a strong relationship with him is being around him and his family during that run. Uh, I was actually, because I did so much production work, I was actually – with him and his wife and his kids and even his parents and extended family at their cup day in Toronto. He had two cup days since he was the captain, one in Toronto, and then he had one back in St. Louis right before the season started. But I was there, you know, putting the mic on him, recording him, editing, like doing all of that. So it was so cool to experience, like to be around guys experiencing like the best Mm -hmm. thing that's ever happened to them outside of having kids. So I really, really hope that Vegas gets to experience that because it was incredible in St. Louis. It was an organization that waited 51 years for it to happen. Just does so much for the city. It does. Um, So it was incredible. That fan base waited so long. Um, You can't compare different fan bases, but having said that with how passionate this fan base (laughs) is here in Vegas, I cannot imagine what the city would be like if a cup came here. So I have a kind of a weird follow-up to that because the team was having such a rough stretch for such a long time. What was that transition like for you in this kind of reporter host role going from having to do these tough interviews? Because I don't know if people realize this from the outside looking in, but like your job's a lot easier when the team's winning. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody's happy. So that's a different deal that all encompassed in one year. You're going from like, Hey, so that was a tough one. Can you talk about that? Exactly. <laughs> wow, another game winner. Da, 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 da. Exactly. Um, it's a good question, and I think it kind of happened so fast that it's hard to even answer. Um, it's a great question because you're right. There was a point where I remember my boss, like I was talking to him because, again, that was my we first. We can't post a lot of fun stuff because right, the team's not no, where it's supposed to be right now. Not at all. Da, 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 da. And it, he was like, you know, just at, like, I don't know, my boss trying to help me think of uh, the same way to ask what is going wrong here (laughs) the same way over and over um another situation uh, the head coach it was Mike Yo at the time he was let go going through the firing of a coach is not fun to be around in any way shape or form yeah because as you know like you also build relate you walk by the coach every day when you get on the bus ever you're having conversations with them outside the locker room and you not fun you build a relationship with one and then all of a sudden there's new people around yeah so you're having to build a relationship (laughs) but you're also like you feel like we stay unbiased but on the same token like they're real relationships and they're real people it's it's, different working for a team than a local news station for sure you know you're around these people all the time absolutely but the the turn for st louis happened so fast um because january 1st there was they were last place in the league. Jordan Bennington, I think, had his first start. I want to say it was January 8th in Philadelphia. That's when the whole Gloria stuff started. Um, I don't know if any of these listeners even know what Gloria <laughs> is, which is totally fine. Um, but they went on an 11-game win streak in January. 
So it happened so fast, and then it was like, oh, dang, they might be in contention. And then the trade deadline came, and Doug Armstrong didn't make any moves because they just won 11 games in a row. So, heck, you might as well stick with it. So it happened so fast that it's hard to tell, but it was so the turnaround was so fun because it was finally something positive to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just kept getting better then and better. Then just a whirlwind after yes, that. Yes, kept getting better <laughs> and better. But like I said, I – I'm so excited. I think it's going to be a really good season here in Vegas, and I really hope that uh, the Vegas fans get that opportunity because they really deserve it. So I will ask you your thoughts on the team and where they stand now in just a little bit, but I'm super curious about your audition process to be with the team because you told me walking up here, you're like, oh, I'd never auditioned for anything before. It was my first time. So I'm curious how my audition process and your audition process to get this job with the Golden Knights compared. So tell me about it. So it was my first audition. I did a Zoom interview with Dan Duva and it was literally, if anyone's wondering about the kind of direction you get, it was like, you're going to talk to Dan Duva. Um, You can do whatever you want. You can ask him about him. You can talk to him about the team, just whatever. And I was like, yeah, "Uh, okay. (laughs) Um, And then they were like, do you want to do an intro or do you want to just go into it? And I was like, I don't know. What do you want me to? What yeah. do you want me to do? I was like, sure, I'll do it. I'll do a quick. I'll do a quick intro, I guess. So, did an interview with Dan. Uh, it went great, except it was Zoom, and it was 2021, so his connection dropped out. Hey, and they swear they swear it wasn't on purpose. That's TBD if that's mm. true or not. <laughs> Who knows? Well, they're supposed um, to test you, right? Put exactly. you in uncomfortable situations. Exactly. Um, did some fake walk-off interviews <gasps> with Derek Anglin. Do oh, we, you're <laughs> so lucky. Okay, so f- the, here's difference number one. Um, you got to interview Derek Anglin. Yes. I got to interview Gordon Weigers. <laughs> oh, boy. Pretending to be a Derek England, or actually Marc-Andre Fleury, pretending to have a French accent. Okay, do you know how hard that is to be serious asking fake post-game questions after a loss to our social media guy pretending to be Marc-Andre Fleury? He also, what? He also has the most, Gordon has the most dry <laughs> wit to yes. him that if you don't, I feel like if you don't mm. know, that's in t- that's tough. No, I have And I actual- didn't know this guy. You know, I just roll into a room and he's like, hi, I'm Gordon, but I'm also Marc-Andre Fleury. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had Derek England acting as Derek England, so that was lucky. Wow. Wow. Big lucky time. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did a fake intermission report with Darren Millard. Didn't know what to expect there either. Just rolled with it. And then I did a 30-minute podcast with Darren, which uh, I knew the whole time. We're here in Studio 31 right now. There's cameras in here, and the cameras feed into another room where there's a room full of people just watching. <laughs> Which is a little intimidating. (laughs) That's not creepy at all. It's like Big Brother in Studio 31. Exactly. And someone did tell me before that people would be watching. So I was like, but yeah, all in all, the audition process, it was quick. I landed in Vegas at 1130 a.m. And my flight back was at 7. Um, Busy day. Yes. I remember being in my final portion of the interview. This was an actual sit down portion. And someone said, I want to talk to you. I have a few more questions, but let me ask, are you someone that needs to be to the airport really early kind of person? Or are you someone who can just roll up? And I was like, hey, if I would have been coming here, I would have been worried about it. But here, if I miss my flight, like whatever. I yeah. Just, I just want that's this the job. right answer. <laughs> I just want this job. Uh, but I remember it was all so comfortable. All that to say, like, I was so nervous. But everything was so comfortable right off, like, the hop. Every conversation I had, 
to the point where I actually left feeling pretty at peace, which I, like, my family was like, what do you mean? That's not like you at all to feel comfortable. <laughs> it's like, weird, to not be worried. Right? Um, and it was to the point where I told some people, like, I might have been a little too comfortable. <laughs> like, I might have been a little bit too chill and laid back, but it worked out. How does that compare yeah. to your audition no, process that's awesome a lot of it pretty similar we didn't have zoom zoom wasn't a thing when i interviewed yeah. yet so i did some phone conversations with dave and shane um i'm pretty sure da that shane was like driving either back to vegas from canada or the other way around um and so his family I didn't know this at the time, really. They were listening, they were listening to me talk to him. So they the, had some secret input. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's yeah, I remember his wife, Michaela, like talking to me um, at a later date. I think it was even as recent as this past year. He's like, no, I just remember when, you know, you first had that conversation and we liked you. It was so good. And I was like, oh, you're so sweet. But like that was a that was one that was kind of interesting. And when I got here, I did like a hit, you know what I mean? It was like, hey, just prep a normal, what a normal pregame hit would be. And they gave, they didn't give me the information until like the night before. And then the morning of, I remember they changed some parts of it because um, they wanted to see how you could, you know, handle Improvise. consuming information, doing your thing, whatever. Um, and so I, I remember they gave me this tour walking around through the building and it's Sage Salmons and I in the PR department and everything super casual, super casual, super casual. And then all of a sudden we walk into the studio and the lights are up and the camera's right there and there's like 10 people in this tiny room. And I was like, okay, I guess we're getting and started. And then they sit you and are like, are you ready? <laughs> guess we're getting started. Here we go. Um, and so I did that hit and um, I kind of messed up a little bit. Uh, and I just remember Eric Tosi saying, I was like, I was like, oh man, yeah, that wasn't my best. But he's like, well, do you want to do it again? And I was like, well, TV is live. So I guess I can't like, no, that's what it would have been if we were on TV. So that's kind of the way we're going to roll with it. You know, you only get one shot. And I guess they liked it. <laughs> like they liked the way that I reacted off of however Dave or uh, it was Dan, actually. However, Dan tossed it to me that it was like more of a conversation than just a thanks, Dan. Um, and so that worked out to my advantage that I was like, no, we'll do it live. <laughs> um, so that was a little different. And then we did interviews and they showed me. It's funny. They showed me like one highlight or two highlights from what would have happened in a period and obviously a game is so much more right. than one or two highlights. So you're kind of making up questions. It's a hard thing. I had done one other audition for a job previously and it was like not even a real audition type of a thing. I came in and I did the rehearsal for the show as if I was doing the segment. And then they were like, oh, that was good. Like do it in the show. And then I was like, okay, that's my job. <laughs> so it's a very different type of a process than coming in here for it. But it was a blast. Everybody was so nice. But it is overwhelming, right? Because you're meeting like 500 people and then all of a sudden lights, camera, action, go. But it's a blast. It is. It is. Great people here. And Stormy, I know how swamped you are. But uh, to wrap up, I want you to give me your advice for this role uh, and just for being new to Vegas. Uh, okay, for the role itself, my, my best advice. I'm so bad at this type of stuff. But, I mean, you're already doing it. You know what I mean? Like, be yourself and your nice, charming 
human self and um, make yourself available to the guys. You know what I mean? Like to the, I mean, our broadcasters that they want this to be a family. They want it to be a friendship. They want it to be fun. You know, don't (laughs) hide yourself away in a closet. Like come hang out with everybody and get to know them because they're wonderful people. Take advantage of all of the knowledge that they bring because, um, you know, they'll, they'll give it to you unsolicited, I'm sure. But it's always better if like you're coming and asking for, for feedback and you know like I don't know it's just such a great group it's going to be an easy transition for you I'm sure you've already experienced that but just be yourself like that's the best advice I feel like I could give what was the second part what am I <laughs> give me advice about being a new Vegas, Vegas resident Vegas baby Vegas sorry that was my Bruce Cusick it didn't go well <laughs> I thought it went great thank you thought so. it was perfect thank you so much um okay so yeah restaurants for sure this is like the best thing about Vegas to me is how eclectic the food scene can be, whether you're on the strip or in town. Yeah. Like everything. Um, one of my favorite restaurants is actually in the Cosmo called Scarpetta. It's an Italian restaurant. All right. The players will probably tell you Andiamo is a big one as well. Um, if you're anywhere around Summerlin, I mean, there's just food galore. So if you ever want food recommendations, just give me a call, give me a text. I'm ready there to go for you. We actually do need to hang out soon. We are going to. Yes. Don't need to are going to. (laughs) I'm forcing my friendship on Ashley. (laughs) Um, it's welcome, but Vegas in general, just like the fans that you've already seen too, are so welcoming and just, you know, continue to be yourself and engage with everybody and have fun while you're here. It's a cool city. How's, how's your family feel about Vegas? I, I can't believe I didn't ask you that. Everyone is so excited about me being in Vegas, mostly because everyone uh, that is close to me in my life knows what my aspirations are. Yeah. And the fact that I'm here aligns with exactly what I've wanted and no one complains about visiting Vegas. Yeah. Oh, that's know? what I was going to say too. It's definitely an easy place for like, it's an easy place to travel to in general, but like, Oh man, I can go to Vegas. Exactly. Heck yes. And for you personally, like if you like outdoor stuff, there's so much Love here it. to offer. So like, I think people from the outside looking in, and if you're listening to this podcast, you are a golden Knights fan. You've been to Vegas plenty, you know, how wonderful the city is aside from the strip, but gets a bad rap because people don't stray from the strip sometimes when they come to visit, but it's such a beautiful place to live. I I love being here. So I know you will too. Well, Stormy, thanks for being here. It really means the world. I can't wait to see you running around town. I can't wait to see you uh, whenever I turn on ESPN mm-hmm. every Saturday through the rest of college football oh season. Oh my gosh, and I, know, Eason. I know you're trying to wrap it up, yes. but how do you feel about Arkansas this past weekend? Why would you I'm so sorry. Do this I to had me? to. Stormy, why would you do that? We were getting to. along so well, and then Stormy brings up a heartbreak loss <laughs> to Ole Miss. <laughs> For everyone that doesn't know, I went to the University of Arkansas. Might have mentioned that earlier in the podcast. Yeah, you did. That's, I'm Arkansas mad I didn't follow up then. Arkansas football has been rough for the last eight years. I'm losing track of time. We can get into this more. Bobby Petrino was the head coach going into my freshman year, and he had the terrible incident, the motorcycle incident. He was let go, and then it was just like a steady decline leading up to um, – Four years ago, whenever there was two seasons in a row, when Arkansas football went two and ten, which was horrendous. But anyways, they're on the up, they're on the up and up. They beat Texas, they beat A and M, they got destroyed by Georgia, which whatever. But this past weekend, Arkansas loses to Ole Miss uh, with how much left in the game? I'm well, not gonna lie, heart. So I'm no, gonna be honest. Just, Sam, one of the worst things we were on the plane. Yeah, you're busy. Our plane was taking off with a minute left in the game, and it was tied 45-45. And I was like, "This is pain." 
Well, I'm missing this. And then I landed and we lost. It was terrible. So it was um, Sam Pittman decided to go for two mm-hmm. instead of kick the field, kick the extra point for it to go to overtime. So they could have won outright, um, but the play didn't go to plan. So they lost straight up, which was just heart. Yeah, breaker. just heartbreaking. And again, I know you're trying to wrap it up, so I'm sorry for that. But like, how's the team going to be this year? I got to know. And then you can tell me goodbye. How's Arkansas going to be? No, this year? no. How are the Golden Knights? The Golden be Knights. This year? You're close to it. I feel so. I feel so. I'm excited. I'm excited about what the Golden Knights awesome. are going to do. Uh, the depth is there for sure. It was clear in training camp. Not only the forward depth, but the defensive depth. Not just this season, but the future. Um, that's something to be really, really excited about. Uh, obviously, there's a lot to like this season. The power play is already looking better, which I know you will be happy to hear. That's yes, one of those things that I needed from you. That's yes. what I needed from you. Yes, that's one of the things I'm sure as a reporter last year, you're like, how long can I go without asking about the power play? But eventually you have to ask about the power play. And it sucks to have to ask about things yep. that aren't going well. So power play is looking good. Glad you understand. Thank Leonard you. looks confident in net. I think it's going to be a good season, Stormy. Awesome. Very excited. I hope you'll follow Can't along. Can't wait to watch. Yes, I'm going to. I told you already I'm great at stalking. So that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> all year long, but can't wait. All right. Well, once again, I'm Ashley Vice. This is us kind of putting a bow on the Game Misconduct podcast Yay. with uh, one of the best guests yet, the co-creator in Stormy Bonantoni. Thanks, Stormy. Thank you.